Cast. What's going on, everybody? Let's go ahead and jump into it. You got to give a lot just to get what you need sometimes, y'all. Give me the bridge now. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ringside with Ray and Prince. Today we have a treat. We got my homeboy, Mr. Curtis Malone, the founder of the DC Assault. You might have heard a whole bunch of different stories about this man, but you ain't heard it from him. You know, they got the documentaries out there, somebody else telling this man's story. So we're we, we not going to do that. This, this is my brother from a DMV from Maryland, and we're we, we going to talk and we're going to chop it up like some real players do, right? And so, Curtis, welcome to the show, man. We're just going to hop right into it. Thanks for having me, y'all. I'm, I'm excited to be here, man. Man, so 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 tell us about your journey, man. Growing growing up in in Maryland and 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 being a basketball man yourself. When you first first you know started out, like what was it like? What was your dreams and aspirations when you first started out as as a young kid? Well, uh, you know, right. You know, I was talking to Prince and explaining how far we go back. You know. I think everybody in the neighborhood coming from where we come from, Palmer Park, everybody dream was to be your dad. You know, uh, that was, I think everybody in the neighborhood dream uh, was to be Ray. And of course that didn't happen for me. You know, uh, dad didn't allow me to stay in the gym long enough. Cause you know, one thing he didn't allow, he said, man, you ain't, you ain't nobody punching you like that. So, he wouldn't allow me. So I went on to the other sport, which was basketball and football. So, you know, for me, basketball became my, my, my dream. Um, of course, uh, with all the distractions growing up in the neighborhood, we came out of, I don't, I don't think I ever took any other series. So, you know, for me, play high school, uh, went to a few colleges, uh, that didn't work out, uh, made a left turn when I should have kept straight. And, you know, from there, uh, the environment, man, just, it was what it was, man. And, and some some made it, some didn't. Some got caught up, some didn't, you know. So for me, basketball was my dream. So when, when, when that didn't work out, I was excited to try to help the youth and make sure they didn't make the same mistakes I made. You know, in 1991, I got in some trouble uh, with the law. And I promised myself that I would give those guys, the, the, the kids, the guidance that I didn't have. You know, we had a lot of guys that was in our corner as, as adults, but nobody focused on anything to, to, to push you to go and do the, all the right things. You know, they were, you know, kind of with the shit, you know, if that's what right. you grew up around, you know, eventually you got with the shit if the shit was going on, you know what I mean? So. From there, I just I wanted to create a program, man, and I wanted to give back and help the kids. And I was blessed to be able to do that. Uh, the program, man, of course, I had no idea it would blow up to be one of the best youth programs in the country. And me and a, a close friend, Troy Weaver, Troy was from over in Columbia Park across the highway from us. He came from around where Lynn Bison was from. And we created this program, man, to, to, and started our own thing along with uh, Mike Sumner, one of my close friends who was uh, played at Cross and came from over Pepper Mill. And then uh, Damon Handen and, and, and Mike Brown, those guys were from the Potomac side of town. 
So we just created this thing, man, and it, it took off, man. It was unbelievable. So I had the success uh, for 20 plus years, man, changing lives. And, and it was a, it was a, it was a, it was an unbelievable situation to be able to see um, the lives you touched uh, through the journey, you know, and of course, then in 2013. Hold on, hold on. Be, before you get before you get to that, we 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 gonna back up because we we gonna we gonna tell the whole story. We are not gonna, okay. gonna gonna gloss over it, right? Okay. You already talked about you know coming from Palmer Park is either what the what the what the Ice Cube say either you got a wicked jump shot or you or you sell rock. You know, That's know right. that was kind of the game. Like either you can yeah. box or you so you shoot a jump shot, or play football, or you go into the drug game. I mean, that, that was right. that was like what everyone always saw. But there was rules to the game back in the day too. Like you tried to make sure that the young kids that had, you know, some 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 talent that you try to keep them out of there. But it was always that was the sexy thing. It was a sexy yeah. thing. So you fought your way through there, man, and 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 and, and you know was uh, was was doing your thing and became you know a person within the community that was giving back. You know, everybody had their ups and downs of what they went through. But you became a person in the community that was giving back and doing major things and mentoring the kids. So I want to hop to that. Like when okay. you first you know, founded the DC Assault um, and, and the kids that you actually had through there. So what was it that said, OK, here, I'm, I'm going to get an AAU program that's going to be, you know, something. I, I know you ain't even know it was going to be as, as big, big as it was. But no. it was something that, you know, that you said, OK, here, I can do something to help these kids not make the same mistakes I made. Yeah, well, I, I first started, I, I ended up getting a job down at the rec center coaching. And, uh, you know, uh, I said, let me get a start somewhere. So once I, I started coaching the kids at the rec center, uh, I came home. I mean, I came to the gym one day. I was late for practice. All the kids was in the gym. And at the time, uh, a guy named Mr. Boxdale was running the rec center. And you know, we were oil and water. We didn't, he didn't care for me because, you know, I was a little fast. You know, I wasn't a normal kid during them days, you know, so he, he, did, he didn't care a lot for me. But he was a great guy that he just wanted the best for us. So at the end of the day, even things that he taught me transpired later on when I ran a youth program, but went to the rec, man. I came in there one day with my team. I seen another guy coaching my team. He told me, you're not coaching. You, you're not ready for this. So I went over to Columbia Park and told Troy, look, man, I want to get in. I'm serious about it. He said, well, if you're serious, you, you know, Mr. Mackins over Columbia Park gave me a job. So we started coaching at the rec center, man. And from there, you know, I went up to a team called PG Jaguars, uh, a lady named Miss, Miss, um, Miss Rogers. She was a great lady who got really gave me my first opportunity at coaching AAU. So from there, me and Troy just seen that this thing can go to another level, man. And, you know, we, we out fundraising, we at the corner, we doing car washes, uh, doing whatever to get the kids out of town. You know, I'm still coming out of my pocket because I was still doing pretty good for myself during that time, you know. And uh, so from there, man, it, it was, it was, it was just, I was all in, man. And, you know, we started this thing to really just change the lives and get kids out of the environment. So we had kids from Southeast, Northeast, we was going to projects, picking them up, you know? So 
from there you learn so, so much. So Prince, 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 you might you might not know about that. That, that Curtis was talking about fire and water, but you can't have southeast and northeast in the same spot together. <laughs> oh, no. So, so, no. So no. like, but you was picking up kids from different different spots and saying, "Look, y'all, this is like Crips in the Bloods. Like y'all gonna have to figure out how to play together if you want to want to figure out this game." So what was that like? And, yeah. You know, you you got you got to have some credibility to be a be a person to say well you well, know you, know you make that happen right right and yeah what I would say is um you know growing up with with a lot of the adults that was in uh, my life um you know I first moved from Palmer Park uh, to Palmer Park from uptown up northwest so I had relationships and um, playing ball going all across the town going to all the go goes and. You know, going to see Rassons in 1979, 1980, at 12 years old, I built relationships. So I knew everybody all across the city. Um, you know, back then we had the Urban Coalition. So it was about relationships, and I was big with that. Um, so I was able to go into those hoods and 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 figure out who's the who over there, who was the big drug boy over there, because you had to go through them to get in the neighborhood. You couldn't just go in the neighborhood and say, hey, I'm looking for you know, guy, I'm looking for Damon over there. Or, you know, you had to find out who's who. Hey, man, I want this kid on my team. And they'd give it the okay if you're all right. But if you ain't all right, they probably going to tell you get the hell away from here. So for me, it was it was relationships. And, and what was crazy was uh, a lot of those relationships, I, relationships I still had, man. And, and it just... It took off, man. It, it was unbelievable. I didn't. I couldn't imagine what it, what it did. Man, so 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 talk about like some of the kids that that you got. I mean, these are household names. These are people that are still in the NBA. People are watching, and somebody in their family trusted you enough to say, "All right, you start building your program up, started getting your reputation, started trusted you enough to say, here, you can take my kid." Because that was one of the biggest things back in the area. Like if, if if you got something in sports and your kid has talent, then you let somebody take them with you and you trust them enough. Like what was that to build get some of these names of these kids that that now is just crazy? Well, well, um, you gotta understand when we started, so your street credibility was was really everything and you got to understand when we started we didn't have kids coming out of five hundred thousand dollar homes you know um you know when i started i would take kids to see their probation officer while they're in junior high i got to pick kids up um and and during that time grandma and them was like just taking the hell away from here just get them off that corner you know so the trust thing was was grandma and them believed in you and they didn't judge you because you were labeled as a, a, a drug dealer. You know, they drug dealers was all they knew, you know, so they didn't they 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 believed in whatever was best for their child and they didn't care, you know, so that took a lot of bringing food home to the family. Some of them didn't have. So, you know, when he getting dropped off and food getting dropped off for the brother and the sister and the, the mother and the grandmother, you know, they like coming when you come back to get them, you know, come back to mine, get them. So, you know, of course, it was it was a full time job that we end up taking on uh, with with a lot of those kids because they were troubled kids during that time. man. you know, when I I had some kids, they run through a brick wall just to get something to eat. You know, and a lot of times I didn't feed them if they lost. 
But um, you know, some of the names that 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 the program attracted, um, uh, that that you know, you you guys may still remember, um, Michael Beasley. Um, Jeff Green played with us a little. You know, Jeff came through. Me and the father had a great relationship. He trusted his son to a few uh, tournaments and things. Jeff played with us. But Quinn Cook, who won a few NBA championships. Uh, kid Rodney Magruder was just with the Pistons last year. Uh, Nolan Smith, who was drafted 21 uh, by the Portland Trailblazers in 2011. Uh Austin Freeman. We had James White that played with the Knicks. Uh, DeMar Johnson played with the Nuggets, played with the Hawks. Uh, so we end up having, I think, probably around 16 or 17 NBA guys come through. Um, I think 11 or 12 McDonald's All-Americans. So, you know, the list going on, I started a, a Texas assault team. Marcus Smart came through that program and still in the league playing. So he was with Texas assault. Um, so, the list goes on and on. A lot of them are older now, and a lot of them are into coaching and different things. So, right, like people don't even even understand about you know that, and you may not even know what a kid talent or what a kid can be. You may see they have some potential, but then you have to groom and turn them into young men and actually give them a chance to to figure out to get to be the best they can be. And so, what you were doing and yet and DC Assault organization was was giving these kids a chance, man. So, like I don't think we talk about that enough because when we look back at one of the biggest tragedies from the DC areas where uh you know Len Bias uh you know passed away, we all have high hopes for you know for him and what what was happening with him. And then, you know, that happened and his brother Jay you know that that was like a few years later. It's like, man, it's like, is it, are we are we cursed as a city with these people? Are, are we doing the right thing? What what did that what did that do for you? Because that was around a time when, like, you start pushing the AAU teams to to be there for kids. Well, well, every everything that that like Lenny, you know, like with with, with Frosty went through. Um, I think that was really a, a wake up call for a lot of us. You know, um, it, he, he meant so much to us. And again, being from Palmer Park, which is Columbia Park, is right across the highway, you know. Um, so we all had really good relationships. But his death and then Jay, man, I just, it just, it, 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 was, it was a feeling that I had never been through because I was so cool and close. You know, I was very close with Jay because I took Jay under the wing like a little brother. But Lenny was always like a big brother to me. But man, when that happened, it it it, it shook our town, man, terrible. And it just made me want to strive more to to do the right thing. Um, and especially when I started to coach, you know, I just wanted the kids to not go and and do the same things, to make the same mistakes. And I gave them as much information as I could about them and how good they were. Because a lot of kids, they they knew them, but they didn't. You know, some of them are still young, but you try to just get them what they need to know about and how it all went. And, you know, a lot of kids took heed. A lot of kids really listen to you, and but you're going to get some that don't. You know, they're going to go try their own thing, and they don't think shit stinks. So, you know, um, no matter what Lenny go through, anybody else, you're going to have the next one. Just don't believe it can happen to them, you know, so... Um, for me, 
I just try to preach and, and, and school the kids on, you know, it can happen to anybody, man. It happens so close to home to us that, you know, you're not untouchable, you know. So, you know, that's that's really how I tried to guide the kids that I had. Yeah. Look, that's that's beautiful, Curtis. Man, you, you know, one of the things that I think about is when when you – have that much responsibility over these young guys and they're still growing up and trying to figure things out. And then they decide to do their own thing. And you mentioned relationships. How did you manage uh, if they were to get into some trouble and they couldn't get out of their own trouble, but they came to you and, and like you said, you had the street cred, but did you ever run into a situation with somebody uh, trying to, yeah, it, it, you know, try to put you in a, in, a, in a tight situation where you had to 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 get out of that out of that situation. And how did you help the kid out? And how did you get your situation out of that? Well, how'd you get yourself I, out of that situation? I, I, I dealt with a lot of situations like that because um, once I got involved in those kids who I started bringing into the program, I became the the first guy that the street guys call to help try to save him. So. It was a full-time job, man, and, and coming from what I came from, you know, I couldn't quit none of them. It wasn't, that wasn't a part of it, you know. Uh, they came up differently. I came up the same way. I was just blessed to not, it could have been a lot worse than what it was for me. But um, just being there, man, and when I made a commitment to those parents and those grandparents, man, I had to honor that. So if that meant I got to pick them up, I got one kid, you know, I would pick him up every Wednesday. He's in the ninth grade, and I got to take him and see a PO. He's 15, 14 years old, you know. And, you know, he uh, go to DeMath as a freshman. You know, a college uh, – I mean, a high school coach won't give him a ride back home to Southeast. He'd go to the car dealership right across the street from DeMath and steal a car, you know. So, you know, I got to try to talk him off the edge because a lot of kids just – they know what they know. I'm a – get what I want to get. I'm going to have what I want to have. If I got to take it, I'm going to take it. But um, I think for the most part, our record of of getting those kids to buy into what we were doing, I think was it was, it was unimaginable because nobody thought you could change those lives of those kids because a lot of those kids, they were great at basketball, but they nobody wanted to deal with a lot of them because of who they were. And they didn't respect all coaches. So for us, I think the street cred and everything else, it, it played a major, major part, man, where, you know, they had to respect it, but, but respect us. But we were there, I mean, through trials and tribulations. And one of them got caught with a gun. I had to go get him out. You know, I had to deal with all angles of it. And, you know, they were my type of kids, though. So, you know, I think that everybody couldn't deal with them. But I think the guys we had on the staff, you know, Mike Sumner and Damon and Mike Brown, these guys, I mean, we put in work, man, to save these kids. So I think that the kids bought into what we was doing. So it made it a lot more easier than, than what people thought because people thought, man, y'all can't handle them kids. Mm. But we did. Mm. And so you, you you set that up perfectly because you said the kids had to, had to get what they needed to get. And then we didn't talk about the underbelly of, of AAU. And, you know, the, these big businesses coming in and washing their hands and act like they ain't a part of it. Like this before NIL, 
before they could pay the kids, before they would do this. But you had these big companies coming in and saying, all right, here, I, I like your program, like what you like what you're doing. And we're going to try to try to do something, do something with you. What was that like for the first hearing that or getting one of these shoe companies or, or Sonny Vaccaro and all these cats coming in and saying, all right, we're going we gonna to start supporting what's happening here because people. It should have been it should have been legal then, like to do it, like NL, like like what's happening right now. But you know, you coming in, you 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 barely able to feed some of these kids, and you get a program like, all right, here, I'm gonna give you something over here, and it's a big company. What was that like the first time you had that situation? Well, the first time it was a relief because coming out of pocket so much, goddamn, it was a lot. So, I mean, you talking about taking care of the kids, you know? So, um, for for us. You know, we were paying for everything ourselves at first until we beat up on a couple of the sponsored teams. So now we have had to make a name for ourselves. And uh, once we made a name and I had a great relationship with John Thompson and um, John helped us with Nike. Uh, it wasn't a lot of money involved. It really wasn't even worth us taking what we did because Everybody want to get with the shoe company. That's the that was the rules, and then uh, finally meeting Sonny Vaccaro, who gave us much more money, and to, to build a relationship with Sonny, uh, me and Mike Brown, we we established a great relationship with him, and and he became our guy. And what was more interesting for me, Ray, I thought it was my way all the way out. You know, I'm like. Oh man, I ain't gotta sell no drugs no more. You know, I'm 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 straight now. Like I'm in bed with Sonny Vaccaro. You know what I mean? So uh, for me, it was it was a it was a uh, it was a blessing to be able to get to know him. He taught us so much. Uh, he was hollering, "Pay the kids!" Before all this ever came about. You know, he was the one that pushed the O'Bannons to go sue and get money from the NCAA. You know, he. He, he hated the NCAA and he, he didn't care for Nike. So we jumped right into a damn shoe war that we didn't really even know nothing about. So, you know, but I'm from Palmer Park, DC, DMV. You know, we don't care about no war. So it was right up our alley. And, you know, the kids I had, they didn't care. I mean, they would coach, whatever it is. I, them, our coaches, they gonna ride with us. So we didn't care. It was just, it was another, uh, outstanding situation of us getting out of the hood, man. Because you know you start to see the big picture a little bit, you know. So it, it, it was it was it was good, and, and getting to know Sonny. Nike introduced us. John Thompson introduced us to Nike, and uh, George Ravlin uh, came in and, and gave us a little money and helped us a little bit. Uh, so you know it was good. But when Sonny got us, it, it really took us to another level. We beat so, so, my Odom team, and, uh, right. and that's how we, that's how we, you know, Sonny's like, you know, I want y'all to come to Vegas and play in our event. And, you know, we like, okay, we ready, you know, so it wasn't no looking back from there. Mm. It's, it's so, you, you talk about that whole thing, you talk about the war, and these, these, I mean, let me get my words straight, Prince, so I don't get us in trouble. <laughs> but you, you, have, you have these organizations that right. they like to wash their hands. They want to sit back. But all the, all the while, they doing dirty stuff behind the scenes. Correct. 
what can you talk about that was, you know, kind of the the, the actual war that was yeah. happening with the shoe companies that they were yeah. doing? Because I'm sure they're trying to poach kids. They're trying to do things. They're saying things behind your back. I mean, right. All these different things that, that comes up. What was that like? Yeah, because you're well, fighting a war inside of a war. Of That's course. Well, I had, I had, I had been in wars before. I was, I came up in the 80s drug game when it was the crack era. So it was always a war. DC uh, in those days had the highest murder rate. Guys fought over their territory. It was always beefing, you know. So it really wasn't that tough for me. But what, what took me a hard time was coming from the drug game into the sports world of the, of the AU. And guys were going to homes and tell the parent, don't let your son play for him. He's a drug dealer. Why do you want your son around? So I had to fight that battle all the time. Now, Troy and Mike Sumner and Damon didn't get it, you know, because those guys were, they were doing really well working, you know, um, graduated from college. So for me, I'm like, why are these people doing this to me? I'm doing something positive. I'm getting away from what I know. And it was tough for me, though. But then the thing about Sonny Curl, it was right up his alley. He wanted guys like me on the team who, you know, you need your ground troops to blow up what you're blowing up. And he left Nike when Nike did him wrong, and he came up to Adidas. And he didn't care what it took to beat Nike. And and honestly, during them days, we kicked their ass. And I mean, if you could have seen the shoes that Adidas first sent us, I mean, they probably sent us some soccer shoes. And the product was terrible, but everybody, you know, Sonny had guys all over the country that was just loyal to him. So it was hard, but Sonny was like, I'm with y'all. I'm gonna fight this war with you. So you know, Nike may send a kid two pair of shoes. I call Sonny, he may send a kid 30 pair of shoes tomorrow. You know, so Sonny was was Sonny was willing to to beat the street with you and help you. You know, if I had a kid who parents couldn't afford to get there, if you want this kid out, we're paying for everything. We we got him. They don't have to pay for anything. Um, and so, but you know, of course, it weren't that many teams then. And then you had to fight against the high school coaches because they don't want you to have control. You know, they so used to all the college coaches coming in there, um, catering to them. But now we spend all the time with the kids. You know, we going on a tournament. It's eight months. Uh, every weekend out the month, we some, we some years we play 80 and 90 games on the AU circuit. So, we spending time with these kids, but I'm also spending time with what the high school coach ain't going to do. He's not going to get out of his bed at one o'clock in the morning when grandma called and say, he done got locked up. He down there, they found a gun. He got, you know, those kids calling my phone, calling collect. I got to go get them. You know, so we were doing the things that no high school coaches wanted to do. So, but getting with Sonny, it, it, it took us to another level. And that's because he understood people like, me and, and where I came from. He knew my background and he gave me a chance. Man, there ain't nothing like a second chance, man. I love when people do that, man. Because that, that means you'll go to war for them, you know, and, and they go to bat for you. So that's beautiful. All right, so we, we talk about AAU. Then the kids get to high school. And then from high school, they go to college. 
Now, how do you maintain this relationship throughout this journey for these these young athletes? How did you stay in contact with them? How did you keep them on that righteous path? Uh, I, I believe that the work that, you know, I put in with these kids growing up and helping raise them, they trusted me so much. Um, and, and we had kids that trust in Troy and uh, and, and Mike, Mike Brown and, and the other guys. I think my um, relationship with a lot of those kids were a little different, you know, because, again, I, I never gave up on them. Um, I fought through everything they went through. If it meant paying for a lawyer, if it meant whatever to keep them out of trouble, I did all those things. So when they get to college, I'm still the first call they make it when something going, you know. Um, I, if, if, if a kid got a girl pregnant, the head coach going to call me and tell me, did he tell you got the girl pregnant? You know, so it, again, relationships. So those kids trust and believe in me. Uh, and, and, and it's funny you say that because now even 30 years later, most of them still do. And it's, it's, it's amazing. I see them now. They all grown men now. But I mean, if I, if I see them, I mean, they, they love me. Anything you need, coach. So um, they appreciated everything I did for them and their families because it took a lot of work. Prince, even with the with the families, man, because again, you're talking about some people that didn't. A lot of them didn't have nothing, man. And again, you you, you got to make sure they're eating. You got to make sure grandma and them got something. You got to make sure the kids are getting some gifts. You can't just get the kid a gift. You got to get his brothers, little sister, some toys. I mean, it was it was it was a full time job, man. Um, so that's pretty much, I think, why my relationship stays so strong throughout the whole journey of all those kids. So, so you talk about that and with success comes pressure and with, with, with pressure, you know, you start getting to a certain level, people start hating on you. You got all these different things and you wouldn't know like you, you wasn't like foreign to have people hating on you. <laughs> right. You already see that before we talked about that. But when you start getting to a pinnacle of success to a certain spot, and you have everybody depending upon you, and then you have people that want to see your downfall. What was that like when you got everybody started knowing about DC assault? And you were up, up, up here, you like you talked about with Sonny Vicaro, you're transitioning out, out of the game. You like you like, all right, here, I, I got a space. I'm gonna I'm I'm make it happen. What was that pressure like at the top tier of the space, knowing that everybody around you was like going for your downfall while you're trying to come up to the top of level? Um, you know, I, well, well, one thing that we always, um, I always believed in no matter who come for us, we're going to beat their ass on the basketball court. That's number one. Cause the ass whooping will help a lot of stuff, you know? Um, you know, so I, I would always make sure the kids understand that, that what's at stake now, because now we have a target on our back. We're not the old team assault, which we started this team assault. We're now DC assault. We got a name, we producing players, and we're winning. Like it ain't many days we're not gonna probably make it to a championship game or if not win a tournament. But for me, um, I was already ready for it. I was, you know, I would I would deal with how it came my way, but I never let the kids see 
me stressing and and I always made them and, and taught them that this is what they're going to do. You know, we got a kid that's good. They're going to say, oh, his grades ain't good. You know, so so much had to be done. Like if I had a kid at a public school and he's struggling academic, now I got to find a school, a way that I know is going to prepare him for college so he can qualify. Because during that time, you got to qualify, you know. Uh, and it's important because you may be at my high school park, you may be somewhere and you don't qualify. Now, everybody's saying, look at them kids they got. They ain't going to college. All of them hanging in the street, they failures. Yeah, they can play ball, but they not doing it. So we had to cover all those bases. We sent kids down to Oak Hill Academy. We sent kids to Hargrave Military. Um, I mean, we sent kids all across the country to make sure that they qualified to give people nothing to talk about, you know? So for me, I, I mean, it was like, I'm a win, we gonna win, you know? Um, so what we gonna do is we gonna kick ass every time we tie our shoes up and we don't accept losing. It never was anything we accepted. Uh, you know, I, I got labeled sometime if we lost a few games, I'd be ready to change the culture because, you know, hey, we not doing this, hey, you know, we not, this is not what we put in all this work for to become the Dukes and the Kentuckys of the world. That's who we wanted to be like, you know? So um, I think we put win at first, but also character. I just, I'm a, I'm a big guy on character. You know, I, I can withstand whatever you do to me because what you can't do is really salt my character down because I'm a man first and I can go anywhere in the city or town and I can go anywhere in the country almost and I'm well respected, you know? So I, I just try to, make sure the kids understood that we in this together. We're going to fight together. If we lose. If I lose, you lose. We all lose. So the kids bought into everything. So it wasn't it wasn't that hard, right? But people tried. I mean, I, I, I heard I was a drug dealer 10 years later, and I hadn't sold no more drugs. So um, it, it, it happens, you know. But again, you start to have so much more on your plate. The more you win, the more come with it, you know. I mean, it's just like... You know, the more you win, the, the win, more you win, the more money you make. A lot more stuff come with it. So, I, I think we handled it good as a, as an organization. Yeah, man, and, and and you know, I don't think you get enough credit for what you did with those kids, and, and still continue to do with those kids, man. Remember, you know, you know, me and you sat down, and 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 LA, we sit at the bar. And you were just talking about, like, I, I want to do this. And you had your next phase and everything else. And then you, you go back home and then, you know, the situation changed up a little bit. You had to sit down for a minute, right? Yeah. So sometimes yeah. I, I, our choices and things, like, one thing, one one or two choices that we, we can make in life have to make us reconsider a lot of different things. So after that, when you went back and you and you had to go sit down for, for a little bit again, what was that like to – being that being that space in that position it to be honest man it was more of the disappointment um that's i think that's what affected me the most um because so many people put their trust in me um and i know i let a lot of people down um and 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 you know i never made no excuses as to what i did you know um and, and I tell people this all the time, you know, every choice you make come with a consequence. And, you know, one quick split decision can change your life, man. And um, 
I had to sit in that little cell in the dark and just think about that. You know, how, you know, how are people gonna look at me now, you know? And and, and it was more also, you know, my, my parents, my dad, my mom, you know, my daughters, you know, my woman, you know, are they gonna be disappointed? I was more worried about that. But, you know, also you don't have that much time when it first happened, right? Because you worry about how much time you're gonna get. So you don't know if it's gonna be 10 years, 20 years, or 30 years. So 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 what you do is try to uh use that energy and you know I, I can't pout. I gotta look in the mirror every day and keep my chin up, you know. And and one thing I believe in is if you do right by people, um, they gonna respect you and love you for who you are. And I think that's what was most important. And, and I had a lot of people stick with me from writing letters to visiting me to everything. I, I, it, didn't, it didn't work out bad as I thought it could have, but it didn't in terms of the support I had. And uh, yeah. That, that, that was one of the biggest things too. When I, when I talked to you, I know Prince, you probably got a question on this too. But mm-hmm. every time I would talk to you, like your head was up. You're like, when I get out, I'm going to change this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You already had, you always had that positive focus. So Prince, I know you probably got a question on this. I mean, me and Curtis got, we, we didn't talk about this hundreds of times. So I know you got a question about it. Well, well no, I, I, I was just going to say, uh, Curtis, you didn't let nobody down. You, you know, sometimes um, we make decisions in life that, that does alter our, our path. And there are a lot of people that depend on us, but, uh, sometimes you, you have to make decisions to put food on the table to make sure that everybody is, is alive and well and doing what they need to do. I, I, I would say this about my father. He did that. And and he would always preach to me, you know, to do the right thing. And he, he actually did um, something that was contrary to that. And it, it put him in a bad situation. And I remember being angry at him at the very beginning. But as time went on, I started to realize, and when I became a father, I started to realize there are things that you need to do to put food on your table, to, to feed people, to make sure that ends are met, right? And, and so we, we, only, we only compare ourselves to what society has created for us. And we, we got to remember that we are, we are the men and we are responsible for our responsibilities. And so you have to manage those responsibilities, and you have to do what you what you do what you did. So yeah. So when when you in that in that space and you focusing on, um, okay, here, what's next for me? Yeah, and your time is coming down. The countdown's coming down. It's like, all right, I'm about to get out of here. Like, like what do I do? Because it, it it ain't ever an easy journey to come from there, and then get back into regular life. Uh, you know, uh, 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 again, I, I think that. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have those fears because, for the most part, I still had mostly all my friends, my family. Um, guys never turned their back on me. You know, some friends we went through some little minor things. It wasn't never that that serious. But to me, I mean, I just from day one, um, from getting incarcerated, no, you know, you your ass gonna do some time. Um, I was prepared. I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a do the time. I'm not going to let the time do me. Um, so it wasn't no stressing. It wasn't no, you know, I enjoyed and made the best of it. 
Um, I met some very, very important people. One thing I, I think I'm good at, and that's building relationships. So, um, you know, even, you know, some of we, you know, we call it a DC car. That's where all the guys hang out. And they would say, boy, you, you be walking with some weird people, man. I'd be like, yeah, well, I ain't sitting over there at that table talking that foolishness with, with y'all. Cause I know y'all ain't on y'all, y'all about have y'all about ready to go back to jail as soon as you step down again. So I already know ain't ain't none of y'all gonna do right, gonna do the right thing. But it ain't no need of me sitting over there. I need to figure out what my next game plan is and 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 who can help me uh, become a better person. So for me, it wasn't it, it never really got dark man, to me. Um, you know, like I said, you know, Ray, I had. Having someone like a Carlos in my corner, man, like, you know, I mean, it it, it, it didn't get any better than, than having someone like him uh, in, in my corner, man, as a friend, as a little brother, man. So Troy, all the guys, they, they rolled with me, man. And, you know, they forgave me. I, you know, I apologize over and over for the disappointment, man. And, and, and I wish I could have taken it back. But again, I just say, well, I'm going to use this as a stepping stone. And, and maybe this is just what God had planned for me to, to wake me up, get me right, and, and, and put me, you know, in a better situation once I return. So that's really what, what, what my vision was, you know, through it all. Yeah, man, rest, rest in peace to our brother Carlos, man. The show goes out to him. You know, it was... That was, that was rough on us, man, <laughs> when that happened, right? Yeah. So, um, but let's look forward, man, because that's that's what we got to do. And so yeah. when you had the space to start, you know, you was, you was knew you was getting out um, and building a plan. But what was your plan and what do you have going on now? Well, um, before I, I, I came home, I, um, I had met some friends, uh, that was away with me, uh, and they created before I got home a um, technology company uh, called Campus VR, and um, you know they brought me right in, gave me some partnerships, some ownership of the company, man, and you know it's it's up and down, but it's it's just so it's a blessing to be able to have the opportunity to to you know guys give you an opportunity from the day you walk out the door, you know, and taking care of you monthly, you know. So, you know, and of course, you know, wrote my book, um, trying to finalize that now as hopefully very, 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 very soon. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to close a few deals on this doc or TV side of my story. Um, and you know when I got home, COVID just really slowed down so much. I mean, it was it was bad where it really wasn't no movement. I mean, even Hollywood was shut down. You know, so a lot of people I jumped in bed with, it didn't go as planned. You know, so I um I I really jumped in bed with the campus VR thing, and it's been it's been it's been my go-to. So we just trying to continue to blow this thing up. You know. If anyone don't know, we create uh, virtual tours for colleges, and um, my specialty, of course, is on the athletic side. So um, we've done uh, the virtual tour videos for like Duke and Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, uh, 
Mississippi State, Auburn. We've done Pacific and Damon Stoddard and all this there. And, and a lot of brothers are, you know, have came aboard to help me too, you know, because with me having it. So we have a lot of schools that still going to get it. They've committed to doing it. Um, but it's so hard once in season. And this is a great tool that these kids, and we did Alabama men, Alabama men and women, and the women are using this tool. And they done signed their best recruiting classes ever because you put the Oculus goggles on, and when you go in the house on a visit, they put them on the family, and they is so impressed by the campus and what they see. So it's it's been a really good tool, man. So that's a blessing to be able to meet some guys while in there. They gave me opportunity, man. So that's 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 my main go to right now, man. And that's that's the future. And that's that's a whole space that we we gonna we gonna you know shout out campus VR we gonna blow it up shout out to uh, campus VR that's that's dope especially because you know when COVID happened you had everybody had to be home but then after that still folks they still don't really want to leave their house like that to be able to see multiple campuses and you know before before this year you only had a couple of visits you only had what five visits that you could go to. So you you missed out on a whole bunch of opportunities, especially with the NIL and as fast as things are moving. You got to have a space where you can actually see a campus, judge it from a different different standpoint than actually having to fly all the way out there and go to the place and, and figure it out. So, man, I, I think you know what you guys are doing at Campus VR is, is going to be transformational. And now that we got the Screen Actors Guild back up, and hopefully we get all these uh, you know things moving with the productions and get your story out there told the right way, man, get you, you know, that, that, that movie that it needs to be, because it's definitely a movie for sure. Just make sure I have my part. Oh, you already know. I, I, I told, I told, I told, I told Prince, I said, I remember him before he did the 7-Eleven commercial. He asked, <laughs> how long did we go back? I said, I remember, yeah, before he, yeah, when, when he was a uh, real, Baby, before he was big, little Ray. <laughs> big little Ray. That's it. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, we, we got we got we got to wrap this thing up, man. But we want to let everybody know where to find you. We gonna have to do a part two. We we gonna have to keep up the updates and everything else. Uh, we gonna chop it up. Uh, our, our producer is, is is a beast with it, so we gonna have uh, we gonna make this real fire. So hey. <laughs> Thank y'all for joining this episode of Ringside with Ray and Prince. Man, I thank Mr. Curtis Malone for sharing his story, being so open and honest, telling us about the real journey and not the fake journey that everybody else was telling. We appreciate right. you, brother. Um, y'all can make sure y'all check us out wherever you get your, your podcast, Apple, Spotify, uh, what else? Amazon, um, Electricast, uh, the NFL, NFL Alumni Media. We all over the place right now. Y'all know we won the best new podcast, so yep. we we about to take off like a like an airplane seven forty seven right now, baby. Hey, so, you already know. You already Prince, know. <laughs> you, you, you got you, Curtis. You got any last words for the folks? No, man. I just I'm I'm proud of you guys, man, and and I'm proud of what y'all doing, man. The platform is great, um, and I appreciate you guys uh, having me. You know, having me on, man, and uh, I look forward to you know us keeping you know keeping up you know of course Ray we keep up with each other but um 
you know, I look forward to whenever I'm ready, y'all ready to for me to come back. Hopefully, I'll be in L.A. so I can get in the real studio, you know? Yes, sir. One yes, sir. We're going to be in the studio. We're going to be in the studio, baby. Okay. Okay. So hopefully all these things unfold, man. I appreciate y'all, man. God is good, man. And, yeah, all you know, the time. He, he great. He ain't good. Somebody told me food is good. God is great, man. Oh, so, we. That's real. Yeah, that's real. Oh, it won't. Thank you so much for coming, man. It's an honor. It's an honor. Just want to let you know that you're king. So keep can't wait to get together, man. Right, keep that head up, king, and keep wearing that crown. You're strong. You're strong, man. Role model. Appreciate it. Like we always say when we when we leave, when we say Ray, peace. Yes, peace, peace, and power, and power. You got to give a lot just to get what you need. Sometimes, y'all. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the Interviews. Electric acid.